This hashtag 1V segment is about my name is Nishan, Substack Flow. Be sure to check it out online. All right, so now we're just going through the flow right now. And um, some of these uh, segments are for punchlines and uh, what not to do in a recession. So let's talk about climbing interest rates. Given that uh, interest rates are due to climb, why not have this as an investment thesis for those people that are like in fixed income investing? So for fixed income investors, you know, rising interest rates are a good uh, backdrop. That's a good thing to have. So why don't we just think about it like that? And that way we're able to come up with the solutions when it comes time to make a decision and not cram up like a little clam and not be able to make those investment thesis solutions, those decisions. All right, why don't we get into what essentially is the um, reason for buying Bitcoin and the gamma trade uh, being uh, one essential vehicle to see why predetermined stock markets should be invested in. This article is how a secular position on a single asset, Bitcoin, in this instance, could have seemingly trendy prices like other foreign exchange markets. There must be a multiplier effect as a global variable. There is the multiplier effect from federal stimulus money, and then there is a positive market value in Bitcoin, saying that automatic demand with people who will supply Bitcoin because of its non-fungible value supply just as demand stokes higher. So in other words, they're willing to let go of their supply. And some people just need the Bitcoin, so there's automatic demand for it. So they're supplying for the quantity demanded while that is uh, traversing up the supply curve. Or excuse me, the demand curve. So the demand curve is a log line that basically is making an X uh, from left to right. And, uh, no, excuse me, it's making an X from right to left. So uh, you'll notice that that line goes up, outward, and right. So in other words, those people that are looking at statistics all the time have a constant eye on the equilibrium price. We are, of course, looking at future prices, which is not to do with delta risk at all. So this is a zero hedge investment. Yet another two-variable study for factorization. So like what is exactly going on when you have time as an equilibrium, uh, excuse me, as a uh, as a independent variable to uh, what essentially is price. So price and time. We have gamma that shows that it just doesn't matter what price is for there to be a positive gamma trade. There's a higher margin of safety for the short seller during the time the position squeezes against the trader. So what is being portrayed here is the markets are lifting up. And uh, so there's a higher head for 
basically lower in uh, inflation and a lower mean reversion. So that margin of safety, you know, goes all all the way up the gamut towards making investment decisions. Should you make investment decisions? Uh, that's something that you got to know deep in your skull, you know, that to see if the pressure cooker and the markets is willing to go off low broil. Where are the markets placing a position that is secularly one way? Okay, that would be a good indicator of a supply line for the equilibrium value. Now your demand is outstripping supply. One can say that prices are veering higher so long as we have the identical equilibrium price go up. Likewise, the alpha actually goes down to say that you're recapturing alpha on the downside, a reason not to take off the position. Burn notice, you know, we ha we're at the end of a bull run. So uh, we're basically not in a bull market anymore. So for anybody who wants to tell you otherwise, they probably don't know what they're talking about or they're hyper um, ultra positive on the outgoings of the stock market. So maybe it went up like really high or something and everybody's like all jazzed about it now. Uh, that we're coming out of uh, a wormhole or whatever when it's not a recession. So that's the point is that Fed speak has made it so that, you know, it's possible to create this wormhole that is not a recession. I mean, how can you say that you have uh, lasting effects of the, what essentially is monetary policy and uh, not have some of the ramifications that are essentially the uh, raising of interest rates. So there should be some cooling effects and some really some ultra cooling effects when you say that, you know, you're trying to bring down inflation and growth is already slowing. So there wasn't like a really good uh, argument for earnings uh, warnings that I saw on Twitter but there's really good arguments on Twitter to say that it's a Darwinian hole that stock markets are driven by Darwinianism and you know it's the captor out to fight the captive uh, constantly so if you want to think of a, a sector rotation think of it as Interest rates are still low, and they're only going to go higher. Want to see where the future of Bitcoin prices are heading? Uh, you know, you can go down to the science or the root of it. You know, it's just the the practice the 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 practical matter is that stock markets and Bitcoin prices are so predetermined that. Uh, it just doesn't matter. So there's going to be downtrends. There's going to be uptrends, yes. But all this stuff is predetermined. So according to fractal theory, markets are predetermined. So why does it seem that there are trading prices in Bitcoin? One reason can be that the multiplier effect takes place with a lot of federal stimulus. 
let's take an example of $1 that you put into the stock market. That's going to bring like $1.10 and then $1.11 and then possibly, you know, uh, some more. So depending on how much money you put in. So they're not putting a dollar, they're putting like in $100, you know. So for the foreign exchange markets, quantity de demanded for a certain currency pair is experiencing a greater demand. So the supply is willing to supply quantity demanded at a higher price. When the markup is negative, that is to say there is a markdown, there is a boon in supplying higher. So, I mean, if you want to take that into case into point, you know, that there's no reason to fret when stock markets are going down because they're only going to go down by so much. You know, and, you know, yay, you know, your investment pool went up higher, but, you know, it's only going up measurably higher. This would be the equivalent of a price pump. There is excess supply to be let and an increase in quantity demanded. The market maker is willing to let go of some of the Bitcoin at a premium to price paid when that's a negative markup. The holding costs are negative and the buyer is capturing the difference. This is what's happening a lot with Bitcoin. That could be one reason Bitcoin prices trended higher or lower. Okay. So just because there's a markdown or a markup, you know, when investors, I guess you could call them investors, when you just have Bitcoin buyers that are consuming their buck, a markdown is a, a, a variable that is good for up prices. So I might be wrong. I mean, I'm, I might be wrong. It's just theorizing, you know, why this is happening. You know, this is a phenomena that happens only because of this market. In conclusion, there are a few reasons Bitcoin prices might seem to trend. First and foremost, there was a lot of new money in the markets via Fed stimulus, so there could have been a multiplier effect for every $1 of new money invested. Secondly, there were negative markups, aka markdowns. New supply was let to the buyer at a smaller price than what was returned. This is what may have been stoking price pump events. So those are the two reasons I come up with in this why Bitcoin is a trendy price article. This Darwinian hole can really be searching for highfalutin liquidity traders, for instance, in the gamma trade, looking as to why, you know, it just doesn't matter that markets trend up or trend down. It's a prediction market that is basically predetermined. So we can, of course, take a look at gamma convexity as instantiated. Since we know that the markets are really revolving on a three-dimensional axis now, only we can notice it if we rule out what is physically, fundamentally, profoundly sought. One such trade is the carry interest rate trade for a foreign exchange. So um, they can think of what is an, ex is, is an ex auxiliary investment. Bitcoin has a predetermined market price via fractal theory. And that will rule with fate-driven markets. So that's a lot to take in. But, you know, I mean, it's just a matter of knowing the expected equilibrium price. That's to say that maybe there could be, have been a price concession in terms of the cost of the trade. Um, so instead of a gamma trade, it could have been a calendar stock option strike uh, spreading another way to see gamma convexity, to see the way that it is portrayed. 
the markdown from the opening price of Bitcoin, which created Bitcoin price pumps for those supplying liquidity. Those demanding liquidity are your friendly carnival and cruise salesmen that may want an edge on what is already the fixed sale settlement on the carry interest trade. That is to say that they have a zero hedge and instant profits that don't lend the price any change. So those are some of my thoughts on why Bitcoin prices seem trending by going through a zero hedge gamma trade. When applying this to when there is a large stock operator and looking at how much risk premium the other may be in. In other words, this risk on the trade is merely a capture of time value and will most likely be a zero upfront cost with cost of margin prohibitive. So anytime you see an investment that has uh, premium collected, it doesn't mean that the investment is free. It means that you still have to post a margin to be able to trade that investment. Those people that are looking at the newest set data for the two study price in time variable alpha can be captured and is lowered via gamma, not the hedge option component, meaning to say that we're still zero hedge and we have gone through a single trade observing how markets can be engineered to seem trending unless there are negative correlated prices. Do we want to take a position in another asset? Okay. So this is some very bearing stuff, some very bearing heuristics that says that economic advisorship is at warrant when you have the fact that, you know, negative correlated prices should be what's warranting, you know, your investment in this asset class. So, I mean, you're talking about millions and billions of dollars being invested and decisions made for. So that's kind of the call stars program. That's kind of the pension program. Plus that we see that across the board globally, you know, you don't have to worry so much about it. But the point is, is that there's a positive aspect to this predetermined market. Since I'm out so outside of the sphere of looking in front of a computer screen and uh, making trades. How do you know what to do? Scalpers normally make a lot more. They normally make more percentage of their trades as winning profitable trades than losers because they know what they're doing. And uh, they have an immense amount of uh, focus on the very short term, and that's to scalp. So if you come up short on your scalping trades, God save you because that means that you're going to have to make some kind of um, investment outlook trade, you know, with this three months or six months in, in advance. And that might be a good room for you to make a gamma trade and capturing some of this time value decay. What are winning traders talking about in your world? You know, like what, what exactly is there for a storyline of a winning trade? <clears throat> There has to be some explanation as to what is going on scientifically in the trader's thoughts that can say that this is making sense. So for me, what I'm trading is not the price. I'm trading the sentiment levels. So these sentiment levels can veer towards profitability and also improfitability. So supply and demand are one way of looking at it. So like if you're looking into the supply levels... You know, uh, you're supplying liquidity, for instance. Um, 
then you're on the side of the market. You know, you're on the side of the market that says that you're relatively bearish and you're supplying liquidity. And uh, and that's that's that should be a, a negative corollary to what is profitable in the markets. So that means that there, there's a functioning series of markups for every transaction that is made. For those people that are lowing short, that betting that the stocks go down, that should mean that, in fact, if we're right, that we're providing liquidity. So how does that mean that we're providing liquidity and that markups should be markdowns? Shouldn't it be the other way around? The point is, is that when you're shorting the markets and you're going lower, that's the only time when, you know, you'll keep the market short. So for the long duration, the long-term strategy is to go long and to stay long. So that's how we're providing liquidity. So this kind of liquidity in a way, is, is, is providing the inkjet for the economy as a whole to say that the risk is on. Now, does the market buy it? Yeah, and then we go through this whole rigmarole of like, is the demand outstripping the supply? And the mean reversion, uh, there's still room for what's called a mean reversal a mean reversal trade is when you know you're going down you're going down the mean reversion and then boom you spike up and uh you go right back up to reversing where you had started from so it's a, actually a reversal in the the direction from where you where where you were starting from so like if you're mean reversing from higher and you're going lower and then boom you obviously you would the mean reversal means you would spike up and uh that's how you would just kind of explain your trade away through price action it's hard to really kind of uh Explained, you know, some people say that well, they were digesting more of the Fed minutes or more of the minutia when really it's a trade that is uh is somewhat of a, a mystery. It can be explained through like you know back tested trading strategies or some kind of like uh some something something other than what is the main focus. So when markets are our main focus and we're looking at only at markets and that's like our beta or whatever, our beta is one, you know, we don't necessarily see there being a mean reversal globally when, you know, you see that what 
causes the what can be the uh, the summation of this price action is the order of flow. So when there's a high order of flow, that's when you'll say that there's a coinciding effort from the yesterday's news, and uh, we should go with what what happened yesterday. So if the order of flow said that, you know, the markets went up, well, the market should go up again, you know, and uh, so this is to say that we have something going on that is like, okay, the price has gone higher, now we have a mean reversion, and now we have a mean a risk reversal, I should say, a risk reversal during the mean reversion. This can happen, and uh, normally it's predicted by a death cross, a so-called Japanese candlestick known as a death cross. Or it can get outstripped by another candlestick that really is the the one that shows uncertainty i forget what it's called but it basically measures up the previous stick measures up and it falls dead in line with the previous price of the last period and that's what gives us the uh, the uncertainty in the ko- Koji down uh, candlesticks. So if that's what we have, you know, we can explain away all of our market notions through summation of uh, shrinking and shortening the the time in between an investment and a trade. So that might be something that you want to do. And being able to explain away entire day's worth of trading when really it's just like it might have been just one hour. For the most part, it's about an hour that people really trade the news. And that's what successfully, you know, is going to get you to where you want to go is news trading. So very eloquently put by Maria Baritaromo, uh, that she, you know, she was like a billionaire of CNN, you know, so she really could like leverage her money and everything like that to be able to make this, uh, this kind of news trading events. Um, so being at the event, interviewing the company. All this kind of stuff lends factors to news trading being a successful sport. Now, when that hour is up and you're continuing to trade, you know, you're looking for other opportunities. So you have to explain different ways. So that might be where you're getting into the mean reversion. The the price just went higher. Now you got a mean reversion. And so you have a a lower zigzag effect that is explaining the same thing, or you have a horizontal zigzag effect 
that says that you know you've reached an equilibrium price or an expected return price. So you might want to be able to check that and knowing that you know you have to be able to explain away some of this uh some of the things that are really not about what you're doing so you have to be able to explain it all away otherwise you'll get stuck chasing returns in front of a screen and that's the worst thing you could possibly do in investing and trading is chase returns away in front of a screen so for all those people that are music nft lovers and you know making a lot of money in cryptocurrency good for you because you know it's not easy being in a passionless pit with a stock that you don't know what you're doing with so what i'm trying to imply there is that you know cryptocurrencies are in the right they know how to bake them they know how to make money and raise dough off of them because it's part of their passion you know it's not like oh it's just shit coin when you know that's Carlos Slim had made that investment advice, you know, why not get uh, sell the cryptocurrency and buy the Bitcoin? And, you know, it's kind of like putting the, 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 the horse behind the carriage a little bit, but not a whole lot because you have to have Bitcoin to have Bitcoin. So why get rid of the cryptocurrency? You know, the cryptocurrency is what's the leverage bet that is going to be like all your stock picks that are your good Darwinian stock pickers picks. Those are the things that might have been causing some friction in the markets. I don't know, but people thinking that they're shilling some kind of baseless product. Got to stay away. Because you always have to be, you always have to be on the cutting edge of what you're doing. That's how you like really are learning and expanding, and lending a hand to your portfolio. You know you don't want to get stuck in this mentality of a cryptocurrency that is just shilling baseless goods. So, in the event that you know, you think that. We're baseless goods, you know, please do turn off the radio and, and reply, you know, with, in caps with, with whatever it is you got to say. Because we're really like this whole thing has been an underground project for about five years now. And, you know, a lot of things can be done to... uh to make this go your way, you know? So the the point is like, now I'm just talking to like investor community, you know, like, so you realize that every dollar is being used in efforts to raise your revenue. So like uh, for there to be, Royalties on the internet, royalties on Apple, royalties on uh, Shazam, on iTunes, on Napster. Those are ones I don't use, but that are coming to my head. I actually was on YouTube uh, and it got pulled. It got pulled a little bit. Uh, 
but the the album Dunder's World is on YouTube, is on iTunes. It's on uh, Spotify. So all those notable names on all digital platforms, pretty much. I wouldn't say all, but it could be most of the notable names of the digital platforms. So we're just kind of running off on this uh, tangent here. This is the underlying, speaking upon the underlying so, you know, the point is that every dollar is meant to focus on equating to 100% of returns for you, you know. So, a dollar for dollar, you're going to get matched with royalty returns. So, you know, heaven forbid I should be a bomb slave and not make any sales on the digital platforms, you know. So... I, I thought that might might happen, you know, because technology takes a turn for me. And I have to invest those dollars um, in a digital campaign, and that's never worked well for me. So, like, I thought about, like, why not just uh, selling a fire stick? Or how do people consume, like, their music these days? It's not on a CD, but, like, on their... Uh, their phone, you know, so like it, it could just be like a Bitcoin that they scan and that they goes to the website and you saw the website, you have to obviously be a member of BandLab. So it makes it kind of cost prohibitive. It's all free. But it was also an international album and not one that was like really well received in Africa. Like that was, you know, like a national hit. So, um, you know, just kind of knowing, I knew it was going to happen, you know, it was just kind of like knowing like, okay, you got to put the horse before the carriage, you know, and knowing that, you know, when Carlos Slim says something like, you know, get rid of the cryptocurrency and buy the Bitcoin, that's because you already have Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. So if it's not working for you, you know, go and go ahead and, and, and buy the Bitcoin. You know, and that's the economics of it, you know, so it's like it's predetermined. It's predetermined to go up. So it's not because we say it's so, but it's just because, you know, well, for the life of Bitcoin, you know, if it was trading like when he said that it was trading at, well, I don't know what it was at 35,000 or something like that. So, I mean, for the life of the entire investment. Do you think that you should purchase it at this price, right? It's buy low, sell high. So, yeah, buy, buy the Bitcoin at this price. So that was kind of the deal when at 40, it just felt like, you know, it's time to sell. So that might be, you know, your luck. You might have more trader's instincts when it comes to Bitcoin currency because you're a millennial you think globally, you know, you think outside of the box. I don't want to spend too much time because I kind of uh, wanted to touch base on the investor community and to see how this music NFT is going to have a future. But, you know, you see that the, you have more 
landscape with Bitcoin. And it just it's like a, a skyrocket, you know, it goes up and it goes down and it goes up. And you see that that's just the nature of all investments. And that's what they all do. So let's get down to the investment investment of the music NFT. Uh, Dunder's World was an underground album, and this uh, Fate is also the underground album. So, like, you know, everything is about bringing back bucks, right? You know, and how will that happen? Well, one of two ways. Either you get your investment back. I mean, that was a whole lot of the money. You know, I, I don't know where you came up with that money, but it's a lot. Uh, or you funnel that money into the uh, getting rich on digital marketing and such, you know, getting lucky. So, you know, if this is going to be something that works for you and me, I'm just going to make more music. And I'm going to promote more of that music and some of that stuff will catch on. And as an investment landscape, you know, it, well, it doesn't look that promising, but you're getting 100% back, you know, dollar for dollar. So it's it's just kind of the way it's been, you know, I wish I could come up on my system and be like oh yeah you know this investment is perfect it's king you know it's exactly what you need but i mean coming from what was a global macro scale to this minuscule music nft you know you got to call a spade a spade and just say you know maybe you just want to buy the album for five dollars you know and uh keep your investment dollars you know, um, and you still you still get the royalties, you know, uh, like 50 percent of them. But, you know, it's just kind of like that's the way it, it had to be run, you know, because otherwise I don't know how you came up with this offer. Uh, it's a really huge offer, you know, like on the open sea, if you see there's uh there's the uh, the minimum ether, and it's about five dollars for the album. So that's all I had to say about that. I mean, it, it, the the investment prospects don't look good, but then again, it's just kind of like one for one. You know, it's just like making a movie. It's like making a independent genre film or whatever. You know, don't go off on that, but you know, just kind of like keep it tucked away. Where you know it's it's a it's a artistic effort definitely want to lose the script so some of those punchlines are definitely good on paper but then you know you want to be able to lose the script and get on with the fluidity of the music itself you know is has something to do with literally the trending prices of bitcoin so how does that even make sense well given that the article for the there being a trending bitcoin price uh versus some of the music you know is also can be part of the nft so i mean you, you either want to buy the album or you want to just 
stick it home to the music NFT, which is this uh, OpenSea. Um, that's where it's minted at. You know, it's also minted on uh, Crafters, something like that. But um, do keep it locked here at hashtag 1V. You know, there's plenty of progenitorial uh, speak of, you know, future investments and everything like that. Uh, anytime you can prognosticate the markets, you know, you can definitely see that there's some kind of activity that's, uh, that's interesting. That's a wrap. The turkey's in the oven. The jello is jiggling. The chickens are clucking. As my good friend, not Will Rogers, Chick Hearn would have said. That's game. We got a ball game, folks, to see who has a brain. Yep. That was pathetic. I queried 15 people to drop a single name. Famous or non. And I got one response. A single first name. Let me guess. Are you stands? Do you need to know the definition of what a stand is? Because you got to look up the definition of a stand in the dictionary. And you'll find their picture in there. <laughs> Okay, so don't come after me saying that baby wolf doesn't do this, baby wolf doesn't do that. Who are you? Do you think you know who you are? What kind of stupid ass question is that? I'm a grown man. And I got a brain. So when I'm saying I got Julia Roberts, George Clooney, Johnny Depp on tap. With Gerald G. Easy, who certainly doesn't love to hate. Am I the one they hate in us? Because I sure definitely have we. Are we the ones you hate? Because fuck you, town. Johnny Depp doesn't have time to mess around. Julia Roberts wants to flirt. I got the radio going up, turned up all the way. And I'm blasting G-Eazy. Like a player should. All right. Nothing personal, but the beat goes on and on and on. And that's a wrap. Yeah, man. Hashtag 1V. Shout out to rap fame. Couldn't do it without your jamming beats. Keep it locked.